In Acts chapter 20, verse 32, let me read it to you. First of all, from the New King James, it says, Paul said, so now, brethren, I commend you to God. Another word or another way for saying that is I entrust you to God. I am putting you in God's hands. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. I'm entrusting you to God and I'm entrusting you to the word of his grace. I'm putting you in his hands and in the hands of his grace. But listen to what he says. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I'm commending you to God and I'm commending you or I'm entrusting you to the word of his grace, which is able to do what? Come on, say it. It's able to build you up. Let me read it to you from this other translation. The Weist Bible says it like this. And now as to present things, I commend you to the Lord and to the word of his grace, which has power to build you up. So when he, when he talked about its ability to, to build up, really what he was saying is there's power. There is power. And what this grace is, is power. But it's not just power, it's power for something specific. It's power to build you up. This morning I want to talk about power to build up. Power to build up. That's what grace is. So again, we're answering these two questions, right? What is it? How do I get more of it? Well, what it is in addition to favor, what it is in addition to God's gifting, and his ability, what it is in addition to um, his help and the help of the Holy Spirit, his grace is power. Somebody say power. power. Power to do what? Build you up. And this is what I just sat on that couch for hours saying over and over. Power to build up. Power to build up. There's power. There's power to build you up. I'm going to start talking to myself a little bit like a madman. Jeremy, there's power to build you up. There is power available that will build you up. Now, what's cool about this, this word or this phrase to build up, you study it and it's actually a compound of two words. One meaning upon, but the other comes from a root word that literally means architecture. So when Paul used this word and said, I'm commending you to God, I'm putting you in the hands of God and I'm putting you in the hands of the word of his grace. He's saying it's going to build you up the same way an architect, the same way a, a somebody in construction, a builder would build a house the same way they would build a building. And how do they do that? Well, they lay a foundation, right? The first thing they do is, is lay that foundation. And then from there, it just keeps going up and up and up and up. I don't know if you've ever been around any really big buildings. I'm talking New York City, Chicago, some of these places with these buildings just shoot up into the sky, hundreds of floors. And you think to yourself, how'd they do that? Well, let me tell you how they didn't do it 
from the top down. It's never building down. It's always building up. And they built that building the same way somebody built your house or the same way they built little buildings around here. They start with the foundation and they make that foundation strong, right? And then they start adding elements and components to the, the first floor of it. Now, depending on how high this thing's going to go, when they finish that first floor and put the ceiling on that, well, that ceiling then becomes the floor for the next floor. And floor two is built on floor one, which is built on the foundation. And if they keep going, then that third floor is built on the second, which is built on the first, which is built on the foundation. And this thing can keep just going up and up and up. And every time they add an element to it, a, another brace, another structure or part of the structure over here, another wall, what's happening as the building goes up, this place, two things are happening to it. It's getting bigger and it's getting stronger. All of this was in this word that he said to them, build you up. There is power to build you up, to increase you, to make you bigger and to make you stronger. Now, Paul also wrote, don't turn there. I'll just read this to you. He also wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and he said in verse 9, you are God's building. Somebody say, I am God's building. He said, you are God's building. And according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, when you look that word up, wise master builder, it's the Greek word architecton. Guess what word we get from that? Architect. He's saying this grace came on me like an architect. And he said, as a wise master builder, I've laid a foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So you see here again, he's using these same words to talk about the way something would be built from the foundation up and up and up and getting bigger and getting stronger. And he said, this grace came on me like an architect to lay this foundation. But let me ask you a question. When Paul's doing all this building that he's talking about, building these people, laying this foundation, is he doing any of it with hammer and nails? Is he doing any of it by pouring concrete, stacking bricks with mortar? What is he using? What are the building materials he used to build these people up? Go back and look at what we just read in Acts chapter four. He said, I commend you to God. Put that back up there for us if you've got it. Acts chapter four, verse 32. Look at it again. I want you to see this. He said, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Look at it. I'm putting you, I'm entrusting you. Again, he's leaving. I'm not going to be here anymore. I'm not going to see you anymore. I can't be here to, to watch you like I have been, to, to be hands-on with you. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to trust God with you. Man, that takes some faith, ladies and gentlemen. Keep that up there just for a minute. That takes some faith. When you are out of sight from people, it takes faith to say, Lord, I trust you with them. Yeah. 
One of the things Sarah and I pray almost every day as we take the kids to school, Lord, we thank you for keeping a watchful eye on these kids. We're not there with them those eight hours. We can't walk around them like this on the playground, right? We, we, can't, we can't keep them from bumping into things. We can't sit there at the table with their friends and make sure everybody says just very nice things to them and make sure nobody says anything that would ever hurt their feelings. I can't be there with them to plug their ears if something bad is coming. But I can say this, Lord, I trust you. I put them in your hands. I'm trusting you to watch them. I'm trusting you to protect them. I'm trusting the peace of God that, that it would stand guard over their hearts and their minds in Christ Jesus and that not one unkind or unlovely word would be able to penetrate their heart because of that peace. Take some faith to put somebody in the hands of God. Take them out of yours and put them in God's hands. But that's not all he said. I'm leaving you. I'm not going to be with you, but I'm going to put you in God's hands. I'm, I'm commending you to him and to something else. To his grace? Yes, but not just his grace. To the word of his grace. What did Paul use as building materials to lay that foundation? He's been with these people for years. He laid that foundation long ago, and for the last several years... Their lives as a building has just been going up and up and up and up. Well, he's leaving. Does that mean the building has to stop? No. He's saying, I'm going to trust the word. I'm going to trust the word of his grace to keep doing this building. And, and this is specific. Because a lot of people would think, well, yeah, you know, the grace of God. I'm just going to trust the grace of God to do it. I'm just going to trust God's grace to do whatever God wants to do. It's not just his grace. It was the word. It is the word of his grace. Study this out and you find that it's not just the word grace. When he said word, it's literally the word for preaching. The message. One translation even says that I'm trusting the message of his grace. I'm trusting that what I've preached to you, that the words that God anointed, I'm trusting that they are opening your eyes. I'm trusting that they are opening your hearts and changing your minds. I'm trusting that these words are laying such a firm foundation in your life. I'm trusting that these words of grace that you've heard that reveal Jesus, who he was, who he is, that shine a light on the Holy Ghost and what he wants to do in your life. These words will build you up and up and up and up, and you're going to get bigger, and you're going to get stronger. But Paul, how can we do that? You're leaving, but this word ain't leaving you. This word is still with you. I'm trusting you with the word, and I've laid a foundation, and he said somebody else is going to come build on it. Now make sure whoever builds on that foundation that they take heed how they build, because nobody else can lay a foundation that's something other than Jesus Christ. So whatever you build on that, it better serve to do this one thing strengthen, make bigger, and to build them up. Build you up. There is a power available to you and to me that'll build us up. Build us up. Thank you, Lord. Now we need this. Do we not? I mean, we need this. When you get low on strength, when you get low on energy, 
When you, as we say around our house, are dragging your wagon. That's one of the things we say to the kids, especially in the morning. Hey guys, come on, let's get a move on. You're dragging your wagon. What does that mean? Speed up, find some strength, find some energy. But we all come to that. Don't pretend you don't. Where you run out of this natural strength when you are exhausted by whatever it is you've been doing all day and all night and you just come to the end of yourself. Guess what you need? You need some power. Come on, church. Listen, this will do nothing for you if you don't get a hold of it. You need some power to build you up. And it's available. Now, he said that power would come through the word of his grace. The word of his grace. There's a whole world full of people that are not accessing any of that power. Why? Didn't hear the word. This thing that I'm preaching to you right now, this word of grace that I've been preaching to you for the last six weeks, do you realize it's not doing anybody who's not here any good? Or anybody that's not hearing it? I know we've got congregation online, people watching from other places. But it's not just not being physically here. It's anybody that doesn't receive it. It won't do them any good. Jesus talked about a foundation in your life. Do you remember this? We sing songs about it in children's church. The wise man built his house on the rock, right? And the rains came down and the floods came up. But the foolish man built his house on the sand. And I think in, in people's understanding, that has been the difference between a believer and an unbeliever. You know, a believer is somebody whose life is who's built on Jesus. Jesus is the rock. And if you're, if you're not a believer, then your life is built on sand. But go back and look at what Jesus said. We won't take time to do it today, but let me just remind you. He said, he who comes to me, step one, hears my word, step two, and does it, step three. I'll tell you what he's like, Jesus said. He's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. But then he said, in contrast to that, he who comes to me, so that guy did the same thing the first one did, and hears my word, does this sound like an unbeliever? The only difference between the two, they both came to Jesus. They both heard his word. But Jesus said the fool is the one who hears it and doesn't do it. He's the one that built his house on the sand. This is not the contrast between a believer and an unbeliever. This is the contrast between two people sitting right next to each other in church, coming to Jesus, hearing the word. One receives it and does it. The other walks out without putting it into practice. One is a wise man. The other is a fool. How is this word of grace going to build you up? You hear it. You receive it. You put it into practice. There is power to build up. I know several years ago, the kids were pretty little. Um, Jesse, I think, was about three. I guess that would have made Justice six or so. And we were coming towards the end of the year, this particular year I'm talking about. And man, I got tired. We had been traveling, I think, all year long. If memory serves right, I think we'd done several international things sometime around that. And we had just been going and going and going and going. 
And serving God, right? I mean, this is in the ministry. We're preachers. We're teachers. Doing our calling. Kingdom-minded people, right? The only thing was, as we got closer to the end of that year, I was getting so tired, especially at the end of the day, that my goal in life was to get the kids in bed so that I, about four minutes later, could get myself in bed. So you get them, they're little, we get them in bed, 7.30 or so. Seriously, five, ten minutes later, where am I? In bed, covers pulled up, exhausted. But I, would, I started this habit in, in those evenings when I would get in the bed. I would reach over to my nightstand. And on my nightstand, it's like I saw it over and over again. Here sat my Bible. And here sat my iPad with my headphones. And I would reach over and grab that iPad and those headphones. And I would throw the headphones on and just check out. Just turn my brain off. And I found myself doing it night after night after night. Turned into weeks of it. Turned into months of it. And as time went by, I'd reach over there. Same, you know how you just get into these habits. And I just do the same thing every night. And, and it started to become this little thing with me where I'd reach over and I'd see the Bible and I'd see the iPad. And it was like this split second decision. Bible or iPad, Bible or iPad, Bible or iPad. And this was my thought process. If I go for my Bible, then I'm studying to preach. And if I'm studying to preach, then I'm working and I don't feel like working. And all the while, I could sense the Spirit of God saying, come on, Jeremy, press into me. Press into me. What's he calling me into? His Word. Now, here I am, totally depleted of strength and energy. What do I need right now? To check out? No. I need to be built up. But you can see how subtle the enemy is with this. No, just check out. Just unhook. Just turn your brain off. So I'd reach over and grab that iPad. And I don't know, I got involved in some season of some show. Stupid, man, stupid. And sat there watching it going, this is stupid. <laughs> Meanwhile, there is this beautiful woman. I'm talking knockout, gorgeous woman in the bed next to me <laughs> who I'm not talking to, no friendship, no fellowship. I'm checked out. Headphones, other world. Well, about October, Sarah and I and the kids went to Branson, Missouri for a week of increase meeting at Brother Keith's church. And that's a home church for us. So we were a part of that meeting every year. And I went, my grandparents, Kenneth and Gloria Copeland, happened to be in town at the same time. And since we were kind of all over the world, we never see each other at home. We have to go to other cities to say hi. And I called them up. I said, hey, you're in town. Let me come see you. So I drove over to the hotel, just me, sat down. It was not but a few minutes. And I'm sitting across the little table there from my grandfather in this hotel room. And the man starts preaching. Surprise, right? He starts preaching. And he's 84 now. He probably would have been late 70s at the time. And he starts telling me, he said, Jeremy, I'm telling you, the Spirit of God got all over me and said... If I'm going to do in this ministry what God has called me to do. Now, here's a man who's been doing it 50 years with worldwide impact and hungry for more. 
If I'm going to do what the Spirit of God's calling me to do, he said, it came all over me. I ain't got time for television. I don't have any time for anything that's not feeding me the Word of God. So I just emptied out the DVR, and all I got now is stuff that'll preach to me. And it's preaching to me night and day. He's fired up, and I'm going, yeah, amen. You should do that. I'm telling you, the, the conviction, though, got all over me. I'm 10 minutes from Sarah. I couldn't wait to get back. I call her. I said, that's it. We are turning off the television. I am deleting every TV movie watching app on my iPad, on my iPad. And I did it, bro. They were gone for three days (laughs) until this resurrection on the third day. Why? I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Just got to check out. And I just fell right back into that rut, right back into that habit. Now, it wasn't like, you know, I wasn't praying, you know, these things. I still was. And as a matter of fact, man, I'm dumb sometimes. The time that I was spending in the Word, I'd been in John chapter 15, where Jesus is saying, if you don't abide in me, you won't bear fruit. Abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. My Father's glorified when you bear much fruit, so abide in me, abide in me, abide in me. But all through that fall into the Christmas season, just tired, just exhausted, just wanting a break. And just a, I don't know, a few days before Christmas, Sarah and I had gone to Dallas. We were living in Fort Worth, drove an hour or so to Dallas, do some shopping. We were gone all day. The kids were with Sarah's mom and dad. And we got a call from Sarah's mom early that evening that said, I don't think Jessie's feeling very good. She's just not quite acting like herself. We said, okay, well, we'll be home in about an hour. Got to the house and from the time Sarah's mom called to the time we got home. Jessie had completely lost her voice, couldn't speak, couldn't make a sound, was short of breath. We put her up in bed with us that night, and she'd doze off to sleep just for a moment or two, and then all of a sudden wake up <gasps> looking for breath, couldn't find it. She's waking up trying to breathe and couldn't. So here I am, right? Faith boy. I'm laying there with her. I've got my hands laid on her. I'm declaring the word over her, speaking in Jesus' name. You, by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. You're redeemed from the curse of the law. He sent his word and he healed you. And one verse after another, after another, after another. And what scared me was the total lack of power I could feel coming out of me. I could feel it. I could feel there was nothing. And it scared me. Because all night long, she's waking up, looking for breath. And by the grace and mercy of God, we were able to get a hold of her doctor the very next morning, got her in right away. They looked at it, knew what it was, gave her this little thing, and within hours, she was better. Somebody say, God is merciful. She was better. I was not. And I drove away from the doctor's office that day, scared, crying. And I said, Lord, you got to help me. I don't have time for this. I don't have time as a dad to be powerless in the life of my daughter. I I need to be able to speak the word with power. And he was so good. He spoke up in me so gently. He said, Jeremy, you're trying to bear fruit without abiding. And it's not going to work. Now, can you see what he'd been trying to draw me into for months? Jeremy, you're low. You don't have energy. You don't have strength. 
I've got a word. It's sitting right there on your nightstand. And if you'll just take some time and get that in you, it'll build you up. Now, how different would that have been from, say, October to about the third week of December? If I had just get, been getting this word of grace in me and, and hearing this word of grace and this word of grace. What is the word of grace? It's anything and everything God's done for you through Jesus. You name it. Your salvation? Uh-huh. Yeah, you bet. Your healing? Yes. Your deliverance, your prosperity, your power in the Holy Ghost? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. It's all what God has done for you through Jesus, which makes it all grace. And as you feed on that, here comes some strength. Here comes some energy. Here comes some excitement. And it starts to stir you up. What would, what would it have been like if I had stepped into that house as a man built up strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I promise you this, my words would not have fallen flat. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.